This is the Public News Service Daily Newscast, March 15, 2022. I'm Gina Tempesta. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky is slated to speak virtually with Congress tomorrow. Amid intensifying Russian attacks, U.S. lawmakers are pushing President Joe Biden to do more to help the embattled country. With oil and gas prices soaring over the past few weeks, a new report shows large energy companies are making billions in profits. The industry is blaming increased prices on White House policies and environmental protections on public lands. But climate activists say this is the time to accelerate investment in renewable energy. More on the story. A new Accountable.us report suggests that the fossil fuel industry is misleading the American public on the cause of rising gas prices. Kyle Herrig, the group's president, says as oil and gas companies point fingers at the Biden administration, they continue to rake in profits and raise prices on consumers. He points to soaring windfalls gained by industry giants British Petroleum, Chevron, ExxonMobil and Shell. Combined, the four companies posted nearly $25 billion in quarter four of 2021, bringing their total profits last year to over $75 billion. Herrick notes that instead of offering relief at the pump, oil companies have used profits for stock buybacks and shareholder dividends. I'm Eric Galatis. Today is Equal Pay Day, marking how many additional days women must work to earn what men made in 2021. An Ohio analyst takes a deeper dive into the numbers. Here's the story. Women working full-time year-round earn 83 cents for every dollar paid to men, about a penny more than last year. Aaron Ryan with the Ohio Women's Policy Network notes that the data fails to take into account the low-wage women pushed out of the workforce during the pandemic. That makes it seem as if everyone's wages have gone up when in reality it's the loss of women in these sectors, the loss of women because of having to leave for caregiving reasons that has created that narrowing of the wage gap. There are more than one million fewer women in the labor force than in early 2020. Ohio's gender wage gap is slightly worse than the national average at 79 cents on the dollar. And there are disparities as well. Black women in Ohio make 64 cents for every dollar paid to white men. And for Latina women in Ohio, it's 61 cents. Mary Sherman reporting. March 15th is the earliest equal pay day has been since its inception in 1996. Cheryl Bergman with the Michigan Women's Commission says there are some simple steps employers can take to improve pay quality. If every employer everywhere and in the state did not ask for salary history when interviewing, it would go a long way to start to close that pay gap. Bergman notes women are overrepresented in lower-paying jobs in professions such as caregivers, nurses, teachers, and domestic workers. This is PNS. For the past two years, most juvenile justice systems have been operating virtually. But as COVID case rates wane, advocates in Illinois say online interaction poorly serves children and young people. They have a solution. More from the Prairie State. Chicago Democratic Representative Will Gazzardi is the lead sponsor on a resolution urging the state Supreme Court to reinstate in-person hearings in juvenile court. He says virtual hearings create numerous barriers for kids and their attorneys. The findings and the research is pretty unequivocal that these virtual remote hearings just don't provide the same access to justice and they provide worse outcomes for young people. The resolution would only ask the state Supreme Court to end virtual hearings for kids, not compel them. The measure acknowledges virtual hearings may be necessary in the future as the pandemic ebbs and flows, but asks the state's high court to consider them a last resort. This is Jonah Chester reporting. 
Drug overdoses are on the rise. Over 96,000 deaths in the first year of the pandemic. Now Kentucky lawmakers are considering another deterrent. Details from Nadia Ramlagan. House Bill 215 passed the House yesterday and now heads to the Senate. It would require individuals convicted of aggravated trafficking or importing of fentanyl to serve at least 85 percent of their sentence before being eligible for release and prohibits pretrial diversion. Carmen Mitchell with the Kentucky Center for Economic Policy explains that it can be challenging in practice to differentiate between importing and possession and could result in harsher sentences for people who use drugs but have never sold them. So there's a lot of discretion with system actors to decide what to charge people with based on the context. She says research shows that as long as demand is high, incarcerating more people for selling drugs does not reduce the supply of drugs or make communities safer. Under current Kentucky law, people who are convicted of aggravated trafficking of carfentanil, fentanyl, or fentanyl derivatives can be sentenced to between 10 to 20 years in prison and must serve at least half of their sentence before being eligible for release. While many states still struggle to draw legal redistricting maps, Arizona counties are ready to notify voters of their new precincts when they go to vote later this year. Suzanne Potter reports. Your registration could be out of date if you moved during the pandemic. Penny Sharon with the League of Women Voters of Arizona advises people to hang on to that notice from the county. If you received a voter registration ID with new precincts, People should hold on to it so that when they show up at the registrations and if they've been purged, they've got a record. Voters in Arizona can go to the Arizona Voter Information Portal to get the location of their closest voting center or precinct. Arizonians must register by July 5th in order to vote in the primary election in August. This is Gina Tempesta for Public News Service. Member and listener supported. Heard on radio stations, your favorite podcast platform, and you can find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.